Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for being with me today. I hope your weekend was good. Beautiful weather in my neck of the woods. And I hope you had good, uh, good chance to get outside and get some fresh air and sunshine. Always a good thing, even though I'm an avid indoorsman. I like, uh, I don't know, I'm too fair-skinned to be outside for very long. So I'm, I'm good uh, under the shade or poolside umbrella. <laughs> Maybe just inside <clears throat> where there's sunblock due to my roof. We have a great show. Patrick Albany is going to be joining me in just a minute. Uh, He's coming to me live from his biosafety level four basement. So looking forward to bringing him on. And then uh, the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold Arnold and Maxwell will be coming up after that. Hour two will be uh, philosopher and theologian Ken Samples. We get Ken once a month and we love it. So your questions that are tricky and difficult and the ones you've thought hard and long about, but you haven't got an answer, Text him right away, 877-933-2484. I'll get him in the queue for Ken. Take a break. Bring on Patrick. Here's a helpful tip from Dr. Linda Mintel on what you can do when you're feeling fearful. That's really the key because you do have to do something physical because your body is tensing up in that fear reaction. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you can do is use some type of relaxation technique. Maybe you can do some deep breathing. Maybe if your mind is really afraid, you can go and meditate on the Word of God. Or you can do something very physical like tense your muscle, then relax your muscle. That's something called progressive muscle relaxation Mm -hmm. or any kind of calming method that you might know to help relax your body. This is important because you want to stop that automatic response of becoming tense and anxious when fear hits. And you can literally train your body to relax in order to turn off that fear response and that anxiety response. You can't feel fear when you're practicing relaxation. Hear more from Dr. Linda Mintel at MyFaithRadio.com. Under the program tab, click on the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd unravel every riddle for any individual in trouble or in pain. I love that song. And, of course, that's the walk-up theme song to Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, welcome. I'm sorry. I thought it was my walk-out theme song. (laughs) (laughs) My way back. No, you're still welcome. That's me. That was me whistling, yeah. Okay. I cannot whistle. Well, I'm like the guy with a, uh, a mouthful of saltines. I just can't do it. <laughs> now that we're at that shelter-in period, you know, take it on as a as a goal. Try to learn how to whistle. I'm, well, because I, I have been devoting myself to, like, I did teach myself how to jump rope. I learned That's how to true. do that. Yep. Um, I, I've devoted six hours to actually trying to see the 3D image in those magic eye pictures, and I still can't do it. I <laughs> still can't. <laughs> Remember the, you know, people would show it to you and say, do you, do you see the dinosaur? Come on, you, you say, see the pony, don't you? At a certain point, you go, yeah, I see it. 
Oh, that is right there next to the thing with the thing. <laughs> yeah, because you can only feel stupid for so long. Then you just have to admit to seeing the pony. Right. And then you say, was that a lie? Is that like, is that one of those <laughs> lies I'm going to have to answer for? Oh, no, I... probably. Can you imagine sitting down? It's like, now about these magic eye illusions. <laughs> <laughs> you have a real hard time with the we, truth on that. We know you didn't see the pony. But I wonder if there's like there was initially just one image where they actually hit a dinosaur in it, and then they printed 37 books that had no more images and said, "People will buy anything. They'll do it." <laughs> I took apart my television the other day to make it work. I just I'm running out of I'm running out of things to kill time with, Bill. <laughs> yeah, you should learn how to whistle though. That that'll open up some corporate doors. I know, but then I would probably do it so much it would annoy people. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it, that's a good point. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And and how was your weekend? It was wonderful. We had beautiful weather. Uh, we put some flowers in the garden. Nice. Um, I, I bought one of those. Uh, we, my, my wife brought home her little from her office because now she's working from home. Her little Keurig, that that fancy coffee oh, yeah. machine. Yeah. And um, it kept giving a signal says you need to decalcify it. I, you know, and, and and I said, have you've had this thing what three years? Have you ever ever cleaned it, changed filter? <laughs> uh huh. No, why, why would I do that, right? So I go out and I spend $20. I buy the kit. I spend an hour running all the cycles. I, I run the decalcifying through. I put filters in. I do everything it says to do, and the thing is spotless. And I and I brew that that first cup of coffee, and, and I have to tell you what a complete waste of time. <laughs> it, it tasted exactly the – in fact, I think that the cup – prior to that tasted better because now the machine was seasoned and I took all of its seasoning away. <laughs> it was like it was perfectly rubbing. aged and you ruined it. I ruined it. Yeah. I ruined it. And I spent twenty dollars and an hour of my life doing it. But yeah. I just discovered over the weekend my vacuum cleaner has a bag and it needs changing. That's a, yeah, that's a new idea. Yeah, this is so upsetting. Uh, we, I had a Montgomery Ward's vacuum cleaner that I, I bought in 1987. Montgomery Wards, that tells you something. And I don't even think I spent more than $100 on it. And it's very hard to get. I would make my own bags for it. And my (laughs) wife just said, she says, that vacuum cleaner, it's it's terrible. I said, it still works. You don't throw away a perfectly good vacuum cleaner. No, never. So that became my basement vacuum cleaner. And then finally we had uh, the big spring cleaning last year. And uh, she said, well, it's time to time to get rid of it. And she put it out. And I said, oh, she said, somebody will come by and take it. And, uh, you know, it'll find a new home. And I was like, all right, okay, I guess it's time to give up the ghost, right? <laughs> but <laughs> out there. And honestly, within five minutes, I see a truck stop by and a woman gets out and she starts eyeing the vacuum cleaner. And I, I say to her, I, I yell out the window because I see her doing this. I said, hey, that thing still works. And she says, not anymore. Takes out a pair of wire snips, cuts off the plug at the base of the vacuum cleaner. All she wanted was the cord for the copper. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said for a week, I said, my vacuum cleaner. Look, I have to give things up. You have to sometimes just let things go. But uh, here I am a year later. I'm still talking about my old well, bottom You had a good run with that. So you I had, had some good... emotional attachment to that. Don't worry about it. Well, I had I had more than an emotional attachment. I had the stare attachment. I had it all. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was looking over the weekend some of the uh, Google searches I made, which tells me a lot about you know how I spend some of my time. One Google mm-hmm. search was repairing drywall. 
One was Gilligan's Island's original theme song, which, by the way, they didn't use, but it's had 171,000 views. Now, wait, it's the same tune, but doesn't it have additional verses? It's completely different. It's a completely oh. different, you've never heard this before, version. And they used it for the pilot. And uh, it's it's been viewed 171,000 times. You think, here's something that's been discarded that still people want to hear. Um, sure, here's another sure Google search. Change it. Yeah, okay. How to fight uh, the power of bad, the negativity effect. So there you go. And then, uh, and then the last one I was looking at was um, Sleepy Puppy Falls Asleep on Baby. Ah. Uh, you know that uh, one. It's had like 68 million views. And it's adorable. That one's, a, yeah, it's a, if you want to have a tremendous fun, uh, look at people putting baby powder on babies that have a little bit of a gas problem. <laughs> <laughs> Those things you say, this has 100 million views of a baby getting their bottom powdered. He toots and uh, <laughs> there's a dust cloud and, and it's just, my kids, we could just, we can still make them laugh with that. Oh, uh, that's funny. You know, it's we're starting funny. our uh, spring share tomorrow, so thanks for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> As we try to fire listeners up to support Faith Radio, um, it's real good. Well, now, now, let's be honest. It's, you're going to look that up. So, it's, <laughs> I, I am going to, I am going to look it up. Um, I hate to Sleep, admit that. Sleeping babies on puppies or vice. I, I try to lay my head on my dog, and he'll have none of it. Yeah, what's with but, that? I don't know. He says, "Nope, not not being your pillow." He says you, but uh, you want to flip flop this arrangement. Happy to lay my head on you. Yeah. Have you bought anything off, uh, like, television? You see these commercials over and over because you might be home watching, you know, not sports because there's nothing on. And, and you mm-hmm. go, I don't know if I could live without that. And the next thing you know, you're online buying it, and then you get it, and you go, eh, what did I buy this for? Uh, what did I buy this for? Exactly. So, you know, which means I, I didn't need it. Yes, yeah. which means I should have taken that money and supported Faith Radio instead. That's what I'm thinking. What? I think that's a great idea. See, I had an old uh, philosophy, and, and it's still a good philosophy, where if you see something you can't live without, don't buy it. And if you can remember what it was in three days, you can buy it. But if you can't remember what was that thing I couldn't <laughs> live without, <laughs> you should not buy it because you can't even remember that, you know, you obviously my life has been you know, uh, has, has been less than it could have been without, you know, that, uh, over the door, uh, necktie hanger. Right. I have that. Yeah, like, I can't live without oh, that. You, you have one necktie. Yeah. Can, yeah so I, I was reading second Chronicles seven, nice segue bill. And it said, yeah. if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I think, oh boy, do we have a need for people repenting, for a healing of our land, and for us to seek God's face. And he will call us by name. That's a nice thought, isn't it? It's a very nice thought. <clears throat> it's interesting, you talk about Google. Uh, the Bible is the original Google. It has all the answers. Yeah, that's true. And they're good ones, you know, and they're truth. Yeah. The really good ones, yeah. yeah, and and nobody's trying to you know sell you anything that you don't need. Yeah, you know you don't type in a search and suddenly say, "Look at this! I don't even know how I ended up here." <laughs> <laughs> if that happens with it's the Bible, wherever you end up is a good place. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Uh, 
I think it's break time. And okay. if you're good with that, we'll take a short one, bring in some banjo music, um, and then we'll be back. 90 seconds with Patrick Albanese. show so glad you're joining me on this monday it's awfully nice to have a week in front of us i love mondays and patrick albanese is my guest and what did you think of to talk about during the break uh well i, I have a couple of things but I, first i wanted to say, uh, just applaud your choice of foggy mountain breakdown i have a, a, a similar song it's called uh 87 honda breakdown <laughs> 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 i used to play that one a lot <laughs> But overall, uh, a good car. That was a good car. Your 87. Oh, what's, that, I, I, what's that, the CRX SI? Uh, you know, you and I had, I think, the exact same yep. car. I had a 1985 yep. CRX SI. I did too. Black. Black had the sunroof. It it got something like 55 miles to the gallon. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. Uh, it was way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most fun cars. I, I And, you know, this is like meeting your heroes, by the way. A couple of years ago, uh, one of them got turned in at the Honda dealership. Somebody had one, a 1985 uh, Honda CRX SI. Nice. And I, so I, I had to go see it. I had to go see yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I How can't. Was it? It's junk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so disappointed. I said, what, what was so great about this little Tin box of a car. No wonder I got 55 miles to the gallon. You go pedaling this thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. You can't just just leave the memory intact. Yeah. I think is. I think that's thing. the best most of the time. You know, because my my kids are. Uh, my daughter's going to have her. We're going to do a stay at home birthday kind of thing. But she'll be 11. My son's going to be uh, turning 10. And I, I was thinking because I was we were going through stuff, cleaning the basement, finding old stuff, and my son had this. Uh, a whole bunch of these stuffed animals. He he loved these horse animals, and he had one in particular. Uh, the name changed every couple of minutes, you know. But I think Maria was the one that that stuck. And uh, when we first got our dog, he's my son's off at school one day, and you know he was inseparable from this stuffed animal. On stuffed animal day, Maria went to school. The dog got Maria, and did quite the number. Mm. So now I'm thinking. How, do, how I can't, he, he's going to come home. And the first thing he's going to say is what, what? So now I've got to find a new Maria. But, uh, in the meantime, I thought, well, what is Maria? I <laughs> <laughs> got it at the, you know, grandma got it at an amusement park gift shop. I was like, well, I can't go to, you know, so I start searching and I spend all day and I find a, Mar- I find one at a boot store in the mall. I buy it. But it doesn't look anything like his Maria because he had given his a haircut. Mm. So now I've got to give it a haircut. Then I have to take it outside, rub it in the dirt to dirty <laughs> it up just a little bit. And then we go, it's too firm. The other one's been beat up. So now I have to pummel the stuffed animal, run it through the through the washing machine a few times, rub it in the dirt, put it back, and he. I still haven't told him. It's been years. <laughs> he still doesn't know. I don't know if you're a good dad or a bad dad. That's, I, that, you know, does that one of those things where when you're telling your, you know, remember Maria? Uh, well, 
That's not the original Maria. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts from Princess Bride. I'm not the real Dread. I'm not the real Maria. I did a similar thing with my daughter when she was very young. We saw one of the Toy Story movies where the girl doll, Jessie, gets left behind in a box in just a, an empty lot. And, and my daughter was, she cried for days over, over this scene of this poor doll that wasn't getting played with anymore. It was abandoned. So I go and I buy a Jessie doll. I get a cardboard box like the one in the movie. And I put it, I go to the local park. I stick it in a corner of the park. And uh, come home, and, I, and my daughter is still upset about it. It's a couple days now. And I said, well, you know, so where was she left? She says, well, she was left in a park, just left in a box in a park. So, well, let's go to the park, see if we can find her. She's like, well, we're not going to find her. So we go there. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting teary-eyed. Just the, what I experienced that day with my daughter, the excitement, the happiness, the, the, the glow, uh, just of, of she's like, oh my gosh, it's Jesse. We found we saved Jesse. And you know, all the money in the world, all the good things I could have bought for my daughter, a seven dollar toy in a cardboard box left in a park. You know, I think what you witnessed was a very uh, tiny example of kind of the rejoicing the angels do in heaven when someone comes to faith. I mean, that that sheer over the top giddy joy that your daughter was experiencing finding the doll. I mean, I, there's, there's that, what the Bible talks about, the angels just are just dancing, rejoicing when someone comes to faith in Christ. And it never gets old. No, they, oh, no, no, no. The time where the angels say, eh, you know, I don't know. No, no, everything is pretty spectacular, pretty exciting. Spectacular, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, it's, it's important always to be reminding each other of the sense of urgency we should all feel that we have. A friend of mine's uh, dad went into uh, ER at 3 in the morning on Saturday with respiratory issue. Fortunately, he doesn't have that disease that's going around. can't think of the name of it right now, but um, uh, there's, uh, you know, you, they can't go see him. And, oh. you know, things change quick. So, anyway, um, they do. bottom line, make sure you're having faith conversations all the time even if you have to introduce it as, this might be awkward for us to talk about. However, um, where are you with, with uh, God? You know what, and here, to add to your point about that, you've got to be getting tired of the negativity. I, I mean, I'm getting tired of the negativity. I'm also getting tired of the clean, fresh scent everywhere you go anymore. It's like, I know, <laughs> you guys have plenty of Lysol. It smells like bleach you know, everywhere, I, doesn't it? I just want everything to start smelling normal again. But... Um, the, the negativity is everywhere, and it's understandable uh, because people are getting a little bit stir-crazy maybe uh, staying at home, and there's a constant influx of the negative. And when you're dealing with the Bible, you say, this is good news. You know, er ergo the name, right? Right. But uh, you say, why not? Why not take this time to just, just to sink into some good news? You know, and, and we have no excuses at this point in time. It's, it's, you know, we're getting so many projects done around the house because you, you can't really say, oh, if I only had the time. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Where do you go? You I'd, know? I'd be so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'd be no, curious I, to ask listeners if they feel their default position is toward the negative or toward the positive. I'd be real curious. I know as believers, we should be always defaulting towards the positive. I think I'm a little bit defaulting towards the negative. I shouldn't say a little bit. I should say I'm, 
I'm just probably a little bit on the negative side. Maybe it's uh, a, you, the skeptical you, me. Maybe it's the cynical me. I, you know, it's not qualities I'm very proud of, to be honest. No, I, I, I understand. I mean, you and I for years have talked about awfulizing. You know, the the ability to take any situation and in your head run a script. You say, <laughs> yeah, that is, project that really, the future. Project right yeah. now. Granted, by the end of the script, you're some sort of hero because you saved the kid from the burning sinking bus or something right, like that. Right. But uh, it's you know you can't get cut off in traffic without it turning into well that guy's probably a Russian spy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. I've just been that's now. Mm-hmm. You know. But I just so I don't know where that comes from, and I don't know if that's a natural tendency of human beings. We've all known the overly positive person, and then sometimes you say, well, why am I annoyed by that guy? Why can't I be more like I that guy? I have a genuinely yeah, positive I, friend. I wish I, I could answer. Yeah. I have a genuinely mm-hmm. positive friend who's positive about everything. And it is not fake. And I always think of him. And he, he's hanging in my memory of examples of people I would like to be more like. Um, and I see his face right now as I speak. And I think to myself, uh, I just pray that I can push that direction. I could be, my default can be more positive. Oh, no. Are we, are we thinking about the same person nope. who, okay. Oh, wait, oh, wait. I, who are you thinking? Johnny. Nope. Nope. I'm thinking of my friend, Ron. Okay. But, but, yep. uh, but Johnny, who's, who just recently lost his wife in a tragic car accident. Yeah. Uh, could not have been more sharing of God's love. Oh, that was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I, I, I said, I am, I'm nobody. This guy's the real deal. This is how I'm supposed to be. I mean, we, we, he wasn't rejoicing. He was just saying, I trust God. And that, I go, whoa, wow, you are good. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a tough one. Yeah, and they had that's a tough. beautiful marriage. Um, they yeah, were married for many years and two grown daughters and as nice a guy as you're going to meet who loves the Lord and shares his faith boldly. And I think he looks at it and says, all right, it's now the absolute time to prove that my faith life is real. And yeah. you feel so blessed hearing his story. And you feel when he talks about it, you go, you are just unbelievably strong and inspiring. Uh, you know, and when I first met him oh, 25, almost 30 years ago, uh, I thought, oh, oh, this guy, come on, he can't be real. And you weren't a Christian took- back then either. I was not. Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, gosh, this guy's he's no commercial for uh, for Christianity. Look at him. <laughs> and that, mm-hmm. you know, now I look at him, I say, this is the commercial. This yeah. is the this is the ad campaign that uh, says people go, why? Why be a Christian? Look how this guy joyously goes through life. I know. Knowing God. I know. All right, Patrick, yeah. thanks. It's been good chatting. Have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Thanks. Talk to you then. Yep. Patrick Albanese, my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, the prestigious town of West Des Moines. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to have the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell in that order. Be right back.
All right, we are back, and it is now time for the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. I think we are all on board. David, are you there? I think we are here. Boy, Can you, you hear me? Yeah. Have you ever had an exciting weekend? Oh, my goodness. Fun, kind of, party. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you never know what a day will bring. That's so true. Um, and the good news is that, you know, I think we've covered this once before and talked that uh, Romans 8, uh, 37 through 39, that because we're God's children, no matter what we go through, he is with us. And so that's definitely good news. Now, you sent over a couple of photographs, which I looked at, and now I can't unsee them. They're so brutal. Yeah, they were uh, pretty wild. You know, it's interesting. This this past week, we were doing a uh, staff devotional for our all staff uh, on the phone and and was given the privilege uh, of opening God's Word, which anytime we get to open God's Word together, it's just an incredible privilege. And uh, was talking about suffering and trials purposes, you know, even in the midst of of uh, COVID, and we'll jump into that a little bit today. Um, but one of the interesting things I didn't know that Wednesday, when uh, was having this conversation, that about thirty hours later, uh, my son, uh, DJ, my oldest son, and a friend of ours, uh, Jake, who's from England, who's been uh, staying with us. I would go for a little uh, bike ride in the Elm Creek Preserve. And on a drop-off, Jake shot over his handlebars, and he broke both bones and both of his arms. So both his ulna and his radius on both bones. And the left one was a compound fracture. And and Jake knew that it was giving me okay to, to talk about this today. Uh, and, and now four plates and 24 screws later, um, he is, he's definitely in a, in a, in a non hands operating mode to put it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the pictures are an amazing testimony of God's incredible design. And then when that design is broken, it makes you cringe. I mean, I, I, I literally looked at them, David, then I kind of had to kind of look away for a minute because it was, uh, they were not doing what they were originally designed to do, and that's to be together. And good thing medicine can construct those bones and get them back together. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, uh, I didn't, I sent you the x-rays. And I know you did. Actual, I looked at them. The actual, yeah, but not the actual pictures. And, oh, uh, I couldn't see those. Don't send yeah. those. Yeah, yeah. This would be yeah, your last so Monday from, if you send if you send those. This is your last Monday. I I could see that happening, yeah. and, and uh, you know, for my oldest oldest son, uh, he when he was biking, he came after um, this gentleman, and when he saw him wipe, he said, "You know, I realized I had to turn and and jump and dump dump my bike, tuck and roll." Uh, and he said, "When I popped up after rolling on the ground, he goes, I turned around and looked and." It's like those, um, those you know, athletic videos, injury videos that you, you know, you don't want to watch, and you end up watching, and you, right, you see uh, body parts doing things that they're oh. not supposed to do. Yeah, uh, that's what happened. And he said, you know, uh, Jake, you need to calm down, just relax, calm, stay calm. So, so uh, an EMT, and there was a wonderful group. Uh, there were some other guys who were out biking and, and saw 
saw that, but, uh, you know, there was an EMT that showed up and then they sent a helicopter because uh, they were concerned that he was going to go in shock. But where they were at, they actually had to hike him out three quarters of a mile about oh, by wow. stretcher uh, to get him there. Um, but the good news, you know, uh, is he's, he's recovering, um, you know, and talking to a biking expert who, who knows, knows those areas and, and has done this type of riding. He said, you know, it could have been far, far worse of an accident. And, uh, and the, the person I talked to, he just said he, he had experienced, um, uh, a time of, of riding and actually someone had broken their neck while, you know, biking oh, wow. and, and passed away in this person's arm. Oh, wow. So uh, it's a huge um, blessing that it could have been far worse than it, what it was. The wise thing, which we recommend for everybody, is always be wearing a helmet when you're out biking, especially if you're mountain biking. You know, please use safety. And for the the invincible teenager and college person who might be listening to this and think it's old fashioned and that your parents or older people uh, are saying that it's, it's wisdom because, you know, broken, broken arms and stuff, those can mend well, but traumatic uh, brain injuries and the like, those, those are a lot different stories. So are much different stories. So yeah. use, use safety. I think this will bring us nicely into our topic of today, which is our suffering savior. Yeah, it, it brings us into a couple of things because right now, you know, we're in this unprecedented time as many people and you've heard. And and so often like we'll talk about, uh, you know, various anxieties like we did last week. And, and those are real. I mean, those are real. There, there are people who, um, you know, are working on the front lines or people who are would really like to get back to work um, to provide for families. You have um, loved ones and the like. Uh, and so in the midst of this, we, we can be surrounded with a lot of negative news, um, very real stuff that we're going through and also miss out and not see some of the, the positive things that may be going on. And I guess, you know, meandering through a couple of things in scripture today, you know, for us to take some time and look at suffering and God's sovereignty, you know, suffering and a savior, and then also suffering, and a shepherd. And uh, one of the things that we we can miss is God's sovereignty. And I guess Rebecca and and Bill and to our audience, you know, we we look at someone like the story of Ruth, and one of the well known passages of scripture is when uh, Naomi tries to get Ruth to go back home. And she she speaks these words of love and devotion and says, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And may the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you. And those are strong words of love and devotion, and yet those words would have never been spoken if it wasn't for Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, what it says, in the days when the judges ruled there, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem, surjoined, literally immigrated to the country of Moab, and his son marries Ruth and then becomes a widow, 
and then ends up coming back. And so without a famine, we would never have read the words of Ruth, which are so powerful. And I guess some might be driving right now and say, you know, great. Why is that important? Well, as the, the, the book goes on to say, is that uh, Ruth came to a field of Naomi's relative named Boaz. And I love chapter 2, 3. It says that Ruth just happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. And the rest of the story is Ruth would marry Boaz and bear a son named Obed. But why is that important? Well, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, it talks about how Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed the father of Jesse and Jesse the father of David the king of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And all of that happened because there was a famine in the land. So God's still sovereign in the midst of famines and plagues and pandemics and still works out, works things out for good, even when we don't necessarily see it. It's a brilliant point, David. It is, and I I think because we are the experts in our own story, sometimes it can feel like a personal tragedy is so big that it can can almost dwarf God in our eyes if we're if we're looking at our circumstances and our suffering. We think, how could God let this happen to me? Because that's where we are in that moment. And yet his purposes are so much bigger. Not only will he work for our good, but he's also working for good of of the whole world. And and as you point out, David, I think you reference one of my favorite um favorite thoughts in scripture in Acts seventeen. Right. That and and what's that what's that Acts seventeen twenty six verse Rebecca that you're you're thinking it's one it's, it's the one I'm thinking about. Yes. Do you have that? Yeah, and he made a form of one from one man. Sorry about that. Let me let me start again. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined those allotted periods and the boundaries of their habitation that they should seek God and perhaps find their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Yeah. And and what's so neat about that is that, um, you know, about a month or so ago when we thought of Jake coming and staying with us, you know, Jake's from another country and and, and uh, he was living in, a, in, a, in Oklahoma in the States and Tammy and him were connected. And it was our second son's former coach and determined not, you know, a great thing for him to be stranded on a campus by himself. And so... You know, he ended up with us, and you know, you could pray for him because he's living with us. My goodness, I mean, you guys work with me, so you know some some of the prayer. And I mean, it was amazing because um, the two of them, Tammy and him, connecting and 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 just talking about travel. You know, she actually suggested you should leave earlier. And and when Jake came to leave to catch his flight, two flights in front of his was canceled. The gate agent said they weren't canceling his flight because there was five of them and that they canceled at four. He gets to his gate, the gate over from him, they cancel the flight. They get on the plane, two of the people on his flight don't show, but they say, we're still going to take your flight. We're still going to fly you out. And so just him even getting here was just really just a, uh, a new thing. 
And Jacob Seeking has been able to, you know, watch Sunday services and just interact and watch the Passion and Good Friday and just different things like that. Um, and one of the things that was just really powerful the other other uh, yesterday was getting a text message from his mom in England because she was watching our church's live service that morning in England. And so just how, even in the midst of this, God is doing different things of getting his word out to people. Um, and I was on a call this morning with a group of pastors that did discipleship ministry with in Ohio. And a number of them were saying, we have people watching from all over the world. And then now people praying from all over the world for, for Jake and so many other people. So even in the midst of this pandemic, of which people are dying, just as in the, the famine of the land that Ruth was in, there were people who died. And so it's, God's not a miss to those things. Mm -hmm. And he cares and he loves and he still moves in the midst of that mixture of tragedy and, and opportunity and joy and sadness. Um, because our listening audience is experiencing all of that. And God knows and dwells in the midst with you as you're walking through. Wonderful point, David. As always, take a little break when we come back. More Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. I'll be right back. listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Let's talk about uh, the Savior who saw our suffering and the Savior who experienced our suffering. You know, Bill, that, that's a great point because sometimes when we go through suffering, we're thinking, wow, you know, God, do you see me? You know, do, do, you, do, you, do you know my address? You know, and, and in our in our age, it's like you know my physical address, you know my email address, you know my Twitter account. You know, <laughs> God, which way do you want to communicate with me? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but the good news that we have in the midst of suffering is that we have a Savior who saw our suffering. You know, and when you know we open up the Sermon on the Mount, which is a series that we've been in at New Hope, and the very first word says "seeing the crowd," and then you turn to a time in Mark chapter six with Jesus feeding the 5,000. And it's interesting because Jesus said to his disciples, come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. And then it goes on and says, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And that word compassion is so rich. It's the ancient language for it is actually spilignochismai. It literally has like this deep, full, like Italian, visceral yearning, and it's just this deep feeling word that's also found in the story of the prodigal son and the father looking at his child and also in the story of the Good Samaritan. But it's interesting that in the feeding of the 5,000, it says it grew late, his disciples came to him, and Jesus said, this is a desolate place. So Jesus sees us in our, desolation, our, our, our desolate places, and he provides as a Savior who experienced our suffering. 
Jesus fed the 5,000 with food, but he knew that we needed so much more. And he went to Gethsemane, and there he was scourged. And I don't know how many people, but I, I know for us, it's become a thing that around the uh, Good Friday and, and Easter and Resurrection Sunday week, we'll watch the movie of the Passion of Christ. And, you know, when you see what Christ, who was completely innocent and the perfect Son of God, suffered uh, on our behalf, I mean, like, that just, it just wrecks me, you guys, each, mm -hmm. each time I watch that show. And, uh, you know, because of our famine, Jesus went to the cross to do something that coronavirus, cancer, Wall Street crisis, or anything else can take away. And the Bible talks about how he's the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning and despising its shame and sits down at the right hand of God. And so it's neat to know that we have a Savior who saw our suffering, we have a Savior who experienced our suffering, and because of those two things, we have a Savior who understands our suffering. So when you look at Hebrews 12, 2, verse 3 goes on to say, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin, not yet resisted to the point shedding your blood. We have brothers and sisters through the world who have here in the States and even maybe not so much. So it's an encouragement for us not to grow weary, to not uh, grow faint-hearted because the Bible tells us we have a great high priest who's able to sympathize with what we're going through. And so that's so good to know um, that in suffering, not only we see God's sovereignty, but we also have a Savior who sees, experience, and understands what we're going through. Fantastic. Let's talk about suffering and a shepherd now. Oh, suffering and a shepherd. Um, it's, those first two things are very rich. This last one, is it's, it's rich to know that we have a shepherd, one who leads us beside still waters, one who protects us, one who guides us. But the, what's neat is that God already has a track record with us. And, and for those of you who've asked Christ to be Lord of your life, you've experienced a shepherd who's led you out of your own Egypt, your own bondage. The, the Father led the people of Israel out of Egypt as a good shepherd, and Jesus is the one who led us out of our bondage to sin, allowing himself to be scourged and put to death on a cross. That God's got a track record, and I think that's why even as we listen uh, to one another, we encourage one another, we spur one another on. It, it allows us to remember, yes, he's been good. Yes, my Redeemer lives. And in that, we realize you let us out. But not only that, we have a shepherd who leads us through our wilderness. And because he's led us through the wilderness of our greatest need, um, he can lead us through everything that's lesser. I love how John 10, 10, you guys talks about Jesus being the good shepherd and that God can give a peace that's so precious that man's mind with all our skill and all our knowledge and intellect, we can never produce it. it it's not a man's contriving. 
it's only of God's giving. And guys, this from, it recalls to me one time in my life when, uh, when my wife and I had moved from Chicago to take our first pastorate here in the cities. And on our coming to that time, my, my oldest sister had died from cancer. My brother was sick with alcoholism. We had just given birth to our second son, Jackson. We were moving, buying a new house, starting a new ministry position. And, you know, some people couldn't understand how we didn't lose our mind because on that one scale of the 10, like most difficult things that you could go through, we had like all of them except death of the spouse and one other one. And the reason why we didn't lose our mind is because the peace of God guarded us through our good shepherd and guarded our hearts and mind. Was it a hard time? Yeah. But we have a good shepherd who leads us through our wilderness. And just when you think that it's, it's good, it, it just gets even better. Because Hebrews 13, 20 takes it up a notch when it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus is, is already the good shepherd here. This passage is like, no, no, no. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. By the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, uh, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, who be glory forever and, and ever. Amen. And, and um, that is just incredible that not only do we have a good shepherd, we, we have a great shepherd. Um, and... As we turn the corner next week and, and uh, you know, we celebrate Mother's Day and just kind of cue to, the, to the, the, the men and sons and uncles and fathers and those in the listening audience next week is Mother's Day. Um, I think about my mom, who was a church mother, and, I, and uh, I, I remember listening to her, listening to Reverend James Cleveland's gospel song, No Ways Tired. And, the, and the, the chorus goes, I feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy, but I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. And this passage says that that great shepherd equips us for everything good to do that which is pleasing in his will. So it's amazing that we don't just have a, an off there shepherd who's out on a hill you know, watching the sunset, we have one who's intimately acquainted and walking with us through this journey. Mm, that's beautiful. David, you also made this phrase, you said, his peace is so precious. I don't think I've ever heard those words together like that, but it's so true. I love using the word precious about his peace, because that's what it is. It's very precious. It is. And the neat thing about this, this uh, Hebrews passage is that not only does he equip us with everything good that we may do as will, working in us, which is pleasing us sight through Jesus Christ. This last part says, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And it's good to know that we have a shepherd who led us out of our bondage, who leads us through our wilderness, but he also leads us to our promised land. And Jesus is the one who leads us to our forever home. And he leads us to what Philippians 3.20 says is where our heavenly citizenship is. And I, I was blessed just recently because one of my dear professors from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, Dr. Bruce Fields, has had just went home to be with the Lord from brain cancer. 
And I spoke with him earlier this year, and it was I was so blessed by his perspective on life and eternity, because this life is not all that there is. There is so much more that we have to look forward to, but there's still richness right now in Jesus, but mm-hmm. uh, there's so much more for us to, to look forward to. And, um, you know, the, the shepherd just says, you know what? At the end of the gospel, Luke, Christ is risen. And he, he said this to his disciples. This is written, his death, that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witness of these things. So we are his witnesses to share these truths about in the midst of suffering, there's a God who is sovereign. Uh, there is a Savior that's been provided, and there's a shepherd who's faithful. Beautiful. Thank you, David. In light of eternity, this earth, earthly life feels like a, a life starter kit in light of what's ahead. So thanks for being uh, on the show today. Look forward to our time next Monday. Uh, Miles Arnold Maxwell, Monday afternoon mix. Uh, Pastor David Miles has been our guest. We're going to take a break. Hour two, Ken Samples will be with us. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.